Welcome to Mosaico, the official podcast of Generali Employee Benefits Network, JEB. Here, you will listen to the latest news, trends, and innovations taking place in the employee benefits world and powered by the JEB team and by our partners. Mosaico brings together our insurance partners, connecting different capabilities into one harmonious global view. I am your host, Rick Serrano, Head of Knowledge Management at JEB. I will drive the conversations with talented, successful, and very interesting guests. Join me and learn the highlights of our business as we dive into health, well-being, mobility, protection, and much more. In this episode of Mosaico, I am hosting my colleague, Charlotte Hooper, who is JEP's Head of Partnerships. Charlotte has over 10 years of experience in corporate health across multiple markets, including Hong Kong, Dubai, and her home country, the UK. Join me to learn about Jeb's strategy for health partnerships, as well as why providing non-insurable employee benefits is a key element for sustainable, profitable growth for Jeb and for every company. Welcome, Charlotte. Great to have you here with us at Mosaico. Thank you very much, Rick. It's a pleasure to be with you. It's our pleasure, Charlotte. Charlotte, let's get started. Can you give us an overview of the role of your department within Generali Employee Benefits, please? Yes. So my um, my area is called Business Partnerships, and it sits within a wider function called the Business Accelerator, which is where my colleagues and I develop new propositions that will help Jeb meet the evolving needs of the market. So historically, we've competed in a price-driven market where our solutions are relatively homogenous, the client base is relatively stable, um, which is not a sustainable model for future growth. So the big picture is to begin shaping a more sustainable employee benefits market in which solutions are more differentiated, the customer base is more diversified, and the management of risk is more proactive. Mm-hmm. So my area of focus is on the formation of partnerships. And this is with third party health and well-being providers specifically to support both our multinational client base and our global network of insurers with the increasing demand for non-insurable benefits, as you mentioned in the introduction. So these include services like telemedicine, second medical opinion services and mental health counselling. Very well. Thank you very much, uh, Charlotte, for this explanation. It's all very clear. Now, can you maybe tell us why we are offering these services? I mean, what what needs are they meeting? Yes, sure. So if I start with the market need, what we're observing is that more insurers are including services as part of their proposition. They're doing this either to strategically manage risk, which means diverting care or members into alternative and usually more cost effective care pathways or they're doing it to attract and retain clients in very competitive marketplaces. And we've also seen multinational clients looking to procure the services um, either to offer a globally consistent employee well-being proposition or to bridge gaps in the provision offered by local insurers. If we look at it strategically, our objective is to make care more accessible through lower cost digital care pathways. And if this is done correctly, then it reduces the risk across the value chain over time. So what we hope to see is the shift in focus from insuring events once they occur to proactively reducing the risk of insurable events to begin with. And this should be good for everyone in the value chain. So we should see employees' health improve, which improves their productivity and length of time at work. 
and the reduction in claims associated with preventable risks alongside the introduction of more cost-effective care pathways where it's possible to do so. And this should improve the insurance loss ratios and therefore help help our network of insurers better manage the spiralling cost of care, which ultimately results in better premiums. So, I've just skimmed the surface and it's a much more detailed conversation, but it should hopefully give you a flavour of why health and wellbeing capabilities are a key component of our roadmap at JEB for sustainable growth. Well, it's very interesting. Thank you very much, Charlotte. Really very interesting. Now, you just mentioned proactively reducing the risk of insurable events. Can you maybe give us an example of how we might do this and specifically how proactive management of conditions can benefit the different stakeholders in the employee benefits ecosystem? Yes, and I'm going to use an emerging issue, which is the instance of musculoskeletal conditions seen in health, disability or workers' compensation claims. So if we look at Willis Towers Watson's 2022 Global Medical Trends Survey, musculoskeletal conditions were the top medical condition by incidence globally. And they're also the top cause of disability globally. In fact, according to the World Health Organization, um, high income countries are actually the most affected, with lower back pain being the greatest burden. And interestingly, young people, specifically in peak earning years, are being affected more and more. And what this tells us is that work plays a significant role in the increasing incidence of musculoskeletal issues. In fact, the health and safety executive in the UK identified that between 2020 and 2021, musculoskeletal conditions accounted for a huge 28% of all work-related ill health cases. And the main work factors we attribute to this include... um, manual handling, working in awkward or tiring positions, and keyboard or repetitive work. So we can see this embraces a whole range of industry. The consequence of this are considerable for business. For example, in the US, 34% of missed workdays are musculoskeletal related, and musculoskeletal conditions or incidences take 38% more lost days than the average injury or illness. Now, many musculoskeletal conditions are entirely preventable and actually the likelihood of positive healthcare outcomes are much better um, if the employee, first of all, receives quick access to treatment and secondly, they adhere to their treatment programme. So if we take markets where the outpatient medical plans, um, when we're talking about medical or workers' compensation disability plans, cover musculoskeletal treatment, then the current upward trend in the incidence is resulting in greater costs and that will reflect in premiums. So for markets where musculoskeletal treatment is not covered by an outpatient plan um, or any other available um, plan and where public systems, if available at all, often have long waiting times, what we will see if we are not already seeing is employees' pain levels increase, conditions can worsen over time as they make adaptations to deal with the pain, um, and productivity and absenteeism are affected. Fortunately, a solution to all of these issues are emerging and um, we've had global platforms available that provide 24-7 access to clinical triage and musculoskeletal conditions so that employees can access their condition and find the right care quicker than before. 
These platforms also provide digital treatment options, which are generally relevant and available for about 20 to 40 percent of people with a musculoskeletal condition. They not only cost less, but they release capacity in existing pathways and they increase accessibility, convenience and therefore adherence to treatment programmes, which, as I spoke about, ultimately means faster recovery, return to productive work and less complications. In fact, these platforms have strong evidence of reducing employees' attention um, to have surgery, which not only removes significant cost, but obviously we want people to avoid surgery where they don't really need it and if they can be treated through alternative pathways and reduce their intention to have surgery where it's not um, where it's not necessary, that's a very positive outcome. So this is just one example. And if I extended this example to all preventable lifestyle diseases, you can see the theoretical potential using these kind of platforms. So this is the vision and the direction of travel and speed of development towards this vision has never been more optimistic than it is today. Well, that's a very exciting future and a very exciting potential uh, that we are looking ahead. Thank you very much for explaining it to us, uh, Charlotte. Now, let me ask you something different. You you just mentioned MSK conditions are just one of the issues. How How is JEP choosing which partners and what solutions to offer? Could you explain us maybe the methodology and the process, please, Charlotte? Yes. So my colleagues in the health and wellbeing team, who I'm sure many of the listeners will have had the pleasure to meet, so Eric Butler and Daniela Masters, um, they receive medical claims data from our network of insurers, and this is a major part uh, or a major data set that informs our strategy. So we supplement this data by staying on top of global trends, regulatory changes, and of course, client demand. And we consolidate all of these inputs to identify key areas of focus. So I'm sure most listeners will be familiar with the concept that the last two years have focused primarily on mental health. And in fact, Jeb was very fast to react to the release of global management standards for psychosocial risks in the workplace that was released in June 2021, known as ISO 45003. So in advance of the release, we partnered with a company called People Diagnostics, who are innovators in workplace mental health. Whilst mental health remains a major priority and still is the number one issue for most organisations, we've recently added a fantastic musculoskeletal partner to our ecosystem, as well as financial wellbeing partners. And on the surface, these look like three different health and wellbeing topics. But actually, it's no coincidence that musculoskeletal support and financial wellbeing are now sitting alongside our mental health resources. Just to illustrate why, um, our employee assistance partner, LifeWorks, release a global mental health index. And it, this index recently identified that the number one protective factor in the pandemic for mental health and well-being was the presence of emergency savings. There's also a really strong and reciprocal correlation between the presence of stress and musculoskeletal issues. And so we're seeing many of our insurers trying to manage the increasing instance of musculoskeletal claims. And we have platforms, as I've just explained, to help them do this. So whilst it requires our team to have a good understanding of the complex dynamics at play in employee health and well-being, we also utilise healthcare um, data to build our strategy. And we partner with providers of relevant services in anticipation of existing and future demand. Now we're going to make a short break here and go to our guest presenter, Romain Marquet, 
Business Development Director at LifeWorks EAP, who is going to share with us some interesting facts about employee health and well-being. Welcome, Roman. Great to have you here with us at Mosaico. What can you share with us about employee health and well-being on a global scale? Thanks, Rick. Great to be here at Mosaico. So the first fact I have about employee health and well-being is that one of the first types of programs to be developed were internal employee assistance programs, usually referred to as EAPs. These are actually the most commonly adopted health and well-being service to this day. However, although today we know them as platforms to provide employees with 24-7 access to mainly mental health counseling services, they were originally introduced over 50 years ago in the US with the primary purpose of managing workplace alcoholism. And uh, I, I think it's remarkable to think back now, but in the 50s in USA, smoking and drinking were both acceptable and common in the workplace. In fact, there were even books of etiquette describing the rules of smoking among individuals in the workplace and working lunches in the 60s were often referred to as three martini lunch. Wow, I didn't know any of this. Really very interesting. So tell us, um, if this was the first employee health and well-being initiative, how did things progress from there? Tell us, Roman. Well, other than these alcohol programs, workplace well-being didn't really emerge until the 70s. At this point in time, President Nixon drove the shift in responsibility for U.S. healthcare from the government to employers. And as you can imagine, this was a considerable turning point in the U.S. At the same time, work by the occupational safety and health movement was also changing mindsets. So when did workplace well-being really take off? Uh, Roman, tell us, please. So in, in 2000, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services set a goal for 75% of work sites with 50 or more employees to have a comprehensive health promotion plan. But I'd say that this has grown considerably over the past 15 years, with organizations outside the U.S. and of all sizes considering employee health and well-being as a key strategic priority. Very well, very well. Thank you very much, uh, Roman, for giving us these peculiar facts about the history of employee health and well-being. Roman mentioned that employee assistance programs remain one of the most common employee well-being solutions used today. So, if you're interested in learning more about this, Jeb can organize a presentation for you with Roman if you contact us on partnerships at jeb.com. Now, Let's go back to Charlotte to continue talking about employee health and well-being today. Thank you very much, Roman. Great to have you here at Mosaico. Thanks to you, Rick. And now let's go back to Charlotte to continue talking about employee health and well-being. Back to you, Charlotte. 
it's clear that you have a lot of insights to help employers develop their employee well-being strategies. So how can employers listening leverage this insight? Yeah, so myself and my colleagues in the health and wellness team at Generali Employee Benefits create a lot of free resources that can be used by our client and insurance network. Our extensive range of resources on the psychological health and safety management standards, which I've referenced, ISO 45003, are available on jeb.com and include free one-on-one virtual workshops in which we coach an interested employer through the resources available and how to use them. We also create case studies of best practice when we identify clients or insurers in our network who have achieved spectacular results in their own organisations. For example, we have a case study of Fujitsu who achieved a fantastic 14% utilisation of their employee assistance programme in 2021. And this is compared to an industry average of 4.5%, but usually we're seeing lower than that. And we run webinars for insurers to learn from one another's experience and well-being. About financial wellness, well, we expect this to grow as a topic in the near future. And so this month we will issue a report consolidating key insights from published papers over the last two years, which will provide employers with some key considerations as they begin to develop out their own financial well-being initiatives. In addition to these, we have free multilingual health kits on a whole range of health conditions that enable employers and insurers to deploy health education campaigns to their global workforce or member base. And again, these are all available on jeb.com. Very well, Charlotte. Thank you very much for sharing. Now, we're going to make another short break, and this time we're speaking to another Jeb partner, Jason Fanshi from People Diagnostics. Jason, welcome to Mosaico. Great to have you here with us. What can you share with us, please? Thanks, Rick. Uh, today, let me tell you about a more recent topic in employee wellbeing that Charlotte touched on called ISO 45003. This is a new child standard to the widely adopted International Health and Safety Management Standard, ISO 45001, and it provides the first globally agreed best practice standard on workplace mental health. What's interesting about this voluntary standard is that it challenges the common approach to workplace mental health by emphasising that the employer has a large part to play in addressing factors that can affect employee wellbeing, as opposed to the predominant view that individual employees are solely responsible for their own mental health and they should just be more resilient in the face of unhealthy work demands. Okay, okay, I see. Now, Jason, what exactly does this mean for an employer? It's pretty simple. It just means that employers should consider how they understand and respond to risks to mental health in the same way they address risks to physical health in the workplace. I understand. I understand. Now, let me ask you something else, Jason. What do we mean by risks to mental health at work? Okay, so risks to mental health at work are also referred to as psychosocial hazards. These are essentially stresses caused by the design or management of work that, if left unaddressed, have the capacity to cause employees to become unwell. There are many examples of these psychosocial hazards, with some being more prevalent in certain occupations or industries. Some common examples of psychosocial hazards that are prevalent across industries include work overload, lack of autonomy in how work is done, lack of fairness and transparency in decision making, 
not having clear role expectations, as well as the relationship conflicts, including bullying and harassment. There are risk assessment tools to identify these, and in some countries, this process is mandated. Following a risk assessment, the employer is then responsible for putting in place improvement actions to address hazards, monitor their effectiveness over time, and operate a continuous improvement cycle, just like other management systems, be they health and safety, quality, information security, or the like. Thank you very much, Jason. Very interesting indeed. And thank you for having been with us here today at Mosaico. Thanks for having me, Rick. Thanks to you. And if you want to learn more about ISO 45003 or a preventative approach to mental health in the workplace, you can contact us at partnerships at jeb.com and we will schedule a complimentary virtual workshop with Jason on this topic. Now, let's go back to Charlotte to continue our talk about JEB health and well-being. Now, coming back to you, Charlotte, we have just heard Jason talking about the ISO 45003. I believe Jeb offers this risk assessment, so perhaps you can tell us a little bit more about this. Please, Charlotte. Yes. So, as I mentioned, with foresight of ISO 45003 health and safety standards being released in June 2021, we partnered with Jason's organization, People Diagnostics, and their technology is called Flourish DX. It's a psychosocial health and safety management platform, and the platform allows organizations to align with ISO standard, with these ISO standards or guidelines. So if you recall, Jason just told us that the guidelines require both the employer and the employees to take action to manage their mental health risks. And so the platform provides for both. On the one hand, it provides individual surveys to allow employees to assess their own personal risk factors and build resilience using evidence-based tools and techniques. But on the other hand, it provides employers with risk assessment capabilities to audit those employees for all the possible psychosocial hazards in their work design. All of this is delivered through a really high quality web and app based platform. This is really quite a unique um, offering um, as most employer mental health resources either provide individual focused resources without the ability to assess the risks inherent in the organisational design. Or they provide reactive services such as on-demand counselling, which is hugely relevant, but only manages one part of the problem. Yeah, fascinating. Really very interesting, Charlotte. Thank you very much for sharing. Now we're going to wrap it up. Charlotte, what can you tell our listeners as the main key takeaways of this session, please? I'd say the primary takeaway is that Generali Employee Benefits is able to support our clients and our insurers with more than just their insurable employee benefits. We have a team of experts in employee health and well-being and we provide free resources to help you develop your strategy. But specifically, we negotiate preferential commercial terms on many solutions from employee assistance programs to telemedicine, second medical opinions, financial well-being platforms and musculoskeletal platforms, to name a few. If a client or insurer listening to this is considering any of these topics, then we recommend they contact their account manager or me directly at partnerships at jeb.com. And we will explain in more detail how we can support the goals um, and hopefully reduce the cost of the wellbeing initiatives. Thank you very much, Charlotte, for this excellent wrap up. 
and thank you for having been with us today here at Mosaico. Great to have you. It was fantastic to be here, and thank you for letting me share more about our area of the business. Thanks to you, Charlotte. And now, I'm sure that all our listeners are aware of what a strong proposition we have in health and wellness. We wish you, Charlotte, all the best for this year and for the future. This is precisely what we do at JEB. We are in the business of creating the best possible employee benefits global network for you and your employees. And health and well-being is a key ingredient. Well, I hope you have found this podcast useful. Here at Mosaico, we strive to bring you relevant and fresh information about our business and our activities worldwide. My name is Rick Serrano, Head of Knowledge Management at JEB, and I invite you to follow us here at Mosaico. We will come back next month with another interesting and practical topic for you. So, now you know it. Please stay tuned to Mosaico. I will meet you here for the next edition. Thank you very much and have a great day.